Hello and welcome to another episode of For the Love of Sports. My name is Michael Raziel and today I get to talk with the incredible Nicole Fernandez, the founder of Game Time Foundation, freelance journalist and correspondent for La Vida Baseball. Nicole is absolutely amazing. It was so much fun to get to talk to her and what she does for Game Time Foundation. Everything's in the show notes, so please check it out. But they are a sports-based nonprofit for kids in Colombia. She goes there personally to donate baseball and softball equipment, and they have recently added basketball and soccer. So she collects all this equipment. She then brings it down there and gives it to the kids herself. Uh, She has so many amazing stories about it, all the Colombian baseball players that she's been able to speak to about it and with, and some of the kids that have now, who she she donated equipment to, five, six years ago, are now in the MLB in some way, shape, or form in farm systems, and she has such a great story. So make sure to check everything out in the show notes. Nicole is absolutely fantastic, and I really hope you enjoy our conversation. Today, with an incredible backdrop, we have Nicole Fernandez, founder of Game Time <laughs> Foundation, South Florida correspondent for La Vida Baseball, and a freelance journalist, Nicole. Oh, um, yeah. No, founder of Game Time Foundation. Yeah, I was going to say, did I forget that part? That's the most interesting part. But Nicole, <laughs> thanks for hanging out today. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, it should be fun. It should be fun. So, um, Nicole, the first question I have for everybody that come on for the love of sports is, why do you love sports so much? I think sports unites all types of people. And I think that's why I was, I was always drawn to it. Um, when I started college and they're like broadcasting focus on something, I'm like, I think news is a little too harsh. It's a little too boring. I love how sports unite people, whether it's the World Cup or if you're in college. I mean, my college football wasn't that great, but it was still exciting. So where'd you go to college? A Florida International University, FIU. Well, at least it was warm. Right? Yes. We had T.Y. Hilton. I was, my senior oh. project was on him. I actually approached my professor and I was like, I think this kid's going to make it. She's like, all right, just do it. She didn't <laughs> really know. And I actually went, I interviewed his parents. I went to his childhood um, park. And when he got drafted by the Colts, I'm like, I saw it. I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> That's too funny. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's an awesome story. I did not know that. You didn't tell me about that in the pre-interview call. So I appreciate you bringing it up now. I kind of like not knowing everything because then the questions are more exactly. organic. So I mean, what what's that like knowing like, hey, I, I hit it. I mean, I'm sure you've had a couple misses right along the way, but that one, that's going to be a pretty cool feeling. That one was, especially since I was in college, I was starting out. And that's when I think you got me to listen to your guts. And if you have something, go for it. Maybe he wouldn't have made it, but he's still, you know, for his parents, for the community, he was still pretty big here in Miami as a good role model, just for making it how far in his college career. But then he got drafted. I'm like, why? So, and he even told me like, thanks. Cause you know, maybe I'll make it, maybe not. But you took the time to interview my parents during a game. And that was pretty cool. And I was the editor, videographer, like, tripod i don't know you know in college they give you the whole big camera yep. <laughs> i'm like is this how it is in real life and this was back in 2010 2011 so yeah it was pretty funny to have the big camera and that's, yeah 
Awesome. Well, when he retires, and I'm sure he makes it to the Colts Ring of Honor because he's going to continue to keep <laughs> playing, definitely reshare that information. Reshare it all. Honestly, if I was you at the beginning of every year, just be like, I remember when. And just, hey, remember me? I did the first. Hey, I did this. <laughs> I, I was the first person to call it. Uh, that's exactly. really funny, Nicole. I love that. Um, so, yeah, I guess to dive into the, the sports journalism aspect, as you said, like that was kind of like the first time you learned, hey, like this is, this is a great way to follow my gut. And as you were explaining, like the news kind of sucks. I hate mm-hmm. it. 24 hour news cycle is, is ridiculous, but that's a whole nother yeah. show. Um, I guess with, with growing up with sports, always just like you wanted to get into broadcast. It seemed more than you wanted to get into sports broadcasting. So I guess what was something that kind of like pushed you in that direction or, or um, kind of flowed you down that path? Well, when I was in college, I, you know, majored in communications that back in the day that was 2007, 2008, everyone was like PR, you know, that's when PR was starting, you know, social media. And I was actually a little scared of broadcasting. Like I was scared to be in front of a camera, like, you know, public speaking. People would tell me, but you look so outgoing. I'm like, believe it or not, I dropped out of public speaking class in college. Oh, no. <laughs> I was too nerve wracking. And then I did a PR class. I'm like, this is too much writing. Let me just do broadcasting. Like, what am I scared of? And I tried it and I'm like, this is where I belong. But then once I started doing more broadcasting class, I'm like, I really don't want to do news. I've always loved sports. I've always loved baseball because my dad used to take me to the Florida Marlins games. Um, my dad is a diehard soccer fan. Like since I was little, he will watch the Real Madrid games. So I'm like, okay, let me guide myself towards sports. Then when I started doing sports projects in college, there was like no sports broadcasting information since the college was still small. So I would team up with guys who were like, you want to do a sports project? I'm like, yeah. They're like, oh my God, you're like super cool to be wanting to do this. <laughs> so then that's how I would do these projects with guys, whether it's football or baseball. And that's how I started knowing this is what I want to do. I love sports and let me learn along the way. I don't know a lot about, you know, the yard line and the touch. Like, you know, I started learning. I read books and things like that. And that's when I found, like, I really want to do sports and grow in it. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely something that, you know, broadcasting is a very hard industry. Um, I, like you, hated public speaking. And then I started to do it some more. And now I love it. Um, Also, never knew I liked talking to a microphone or sit in front of a camera. But that also... I thought I hated it, but then I was like, actually, it turns out I just never did it. The more I do it, I love it. It's crazy. Same here. Once I started doing more, I'm like, okay, I like talking to a camera. The camera is not going to give me, you know, be critical about what I'm saying. <laughs> camera can't give you a funny face, right? So that's why I like I'm like, let me practice in the mirror how I look, actually. You know how I should laugh. You know, don't laugh too out loud, but like, because it's all in the camera. That's how you practice. Uh-huh. Um, that's when I also started, people were like, oh, you have a Miami accent. I'm like, I do. Like, you need to be more neutral. I'm like, oh, wow, I need to take more, like, how do I pronounce correctly? So that was something interesting. You know, you notice <laughs> little funny. things, and I think you're your biggest critic. And I guess, you know, it's all a learning process. And then from there, right after college, I was approached. Um, that's how I got into Generation X on LinkedIn. Right when um, I graduated college, I'm like, let me see what LinkedIn is about. And I had a friend in PR, she's like, this is not Facebook. Don't add people who are like, hey, add people who are, you know, part of your professional group, mm-hmm. whether it's TV or magazine, whatever you want to get into, it was a good way to network. So I just opened it, you know, strictly professional. And uh, someone reached out to me like, hey, I'm so-and-so. I'm the director of Generation Next. It's an upcoming um, football show. We do local football teams and we show it on NBC6 South Florida. I'm like, okay, sure. 
And that's when I started working with them for almost a year. So it was like a paid internship, but that's when I saw I don't like football. Like oh, no. football was not my thing. I would see these little, it was Pee Wee Academy and these mm-hmm. little kids butt heads. I'm like, are you okay? And he's like, I'm fine. Gotta get up and run. I'm like, I cannot do this. This little child is like six, seven. And he's like, mom said, I'm good. Let's go. And I'm like, no, I'm okay. Well, all right. Back, okay. Back to you. Chan. Oh yeah. It was oh crazy. no. That's too cute. Oh my god. I was too like for my heart. I couldn't see these little kids bump head, but it was interesting and it helped me get out of my shell. And it was good to interview people like out in a park. There's 2000 parents going crazy for their kids and so it was a good experience to get the foot in the door yeah oh my goodness that sounds incredible so i mean this is 2000 and uh 12 12 so linkedin while it was around it's not quite the the behemoth that it is today so i guess what did you like just did you put up your reel from all the stuff you did with ty hilton and and some of the other stuff that you did with the team like like how did that connection come about i guess some a good thing about um, I guess senior class. One of the senior class was the teachers like make sure you have a reel, make sure you have a website. So in college, I learned how to do my own website, and I just started uploading my YouTube videos. I started getting my own camera, my tripod. I had um, video ideas, and that's how I started interview. And that's how I actually got the idea for Game Time through an interview I did in Colombia. I came up upon this little kid, and I'll tell you that more later on. But that's how. You know, I'm like, if I have this idea and I've had this story, maybe someone out there is going to realize that they're going to like it. And that's when I'm like, wait a minute, I know two languages. Why don't I do it in English and Spanish? You know, there's an audience for English speaking sports and Spanish speaking sports. So it was just putting myself out there, but it was, it's a lot, you know, you've got to edit, shoot, record, ask people if they're willing to give up their time for someone who's not on TV, but I'll make it soon. (laughs) So, yeah, that was part of the process. And then I guess that's how he saw my interview with T.Y. Hilton because I put it on YouTube. And, yeah. And so if this is a couple years after T.Y. Hilton already should have made a little bit of a name for himself in the NFL, right? So that that probably made it real nice. It's be like, hey, I I knew. Nicole, I knew this. So you should want to talk to me, right? (laughs) It's Um, true. And and I do appreciate you then coming to hang out with me because maybe one day I'll make it too. And and this will this will go more viral. So I really appreciate you. I'll get there. You will make it. Let's mark these words. Twenty twenty, we'll make it. You'll make it. Twenty twenty, we're gonna make it. I actually somehow already (laughs) landed a show on Sirius. Uh, I'm a co-host of a radio show. I'm not getting paid for it. It's just something fun. So hopefully one day I get paid for it. Exactly, right? Got to get more at bats. That's the only way you can hit a home run. Write that exactly. Down. Um, but no, I, I love it. And I think it is really interesting. Um, so sports, it's just, it's, as you said before, it brings people together, right? Like you think about the World Cup, you think about the World Baseball Classic, you think about just teams and leagues and events, you know, like after politics and religion, it's sports, right? That's the third thing that people go craziest over. So I think it's really interesting that you kind of saw and understood that. And it, it's just funny that your first gig was in a, a youth a youth sports network i have written down here where you saw that firsthand where these parents and these kids are oh, yeah. six seven year old football players are going bananas i mean so so as you said like that led you out of football what um what was your next gig and how how did you find out like what what did you know what path you wanted to go down or did you kind of just again let people come to you or how did that opportunity come about um, I did a lot of like in, um, internships. So I did um, ESPN radio in West Palm Beach. That was also where I saw a lot of high school college, how it was really big. I was like, wow, it's sports. You only think on what you see on TV, you know, maybe pro athletes. 
but there's so many layers to like sports. So then it was like, okay, what do I want to do? Like national, high school, peewee, like these parents in the park. And that's when I know I'm like, I really don't like football. It, it was, you know, I think it's all about passion. I'm a very passionate person. And I think if you find your passion, you find your, your routes, your purposes. So I'm like, okay, I don't want to work for a local TV station where I'm going to hate working there because it's all about football just to get a foot in the door. Like I always knew there had to be something more than just a job. I'm like, okay, I'm a journalist, but I don't want a job to define where I work, where I live. I knew, um, you know, colleagues that moved out of state, they changed their last name. They had to change their name. If it was to this, if it was to that, I'm like, I don't want a job to define me. So in the meantime, my parents had a business. So I, you know, worked in the family business while I tried to do my YouTube videos. And then that's how I went to Colombia. I'm like, I have to go. There was, um, my parents are Colombian. And I saw on the news that there was uh, an American football team in the capital of Colombia. I'm like, no way, American football in Colombia? So I decided, I looked them up, I researched, they were actually like the champions of Colombia. I'm like, hey, I'm an American like, journalist, you know, freelancing. And they're like, what? They're getting exposure in America? They said, of course. Up to this day, it's one of my most viewed YouTube videos. No way. People don't believe there's American football in Colombia. <laughs> oh, goodness. Make sure to send me that. Or I'll go find of that course. link. Uh, I, I mean, want to share in that. Spanish. Yeah, oh, but, it, but it's awesome to see. And then again, I was editor, videographer, interviewed. Um, tripod and my sister helped me with the microphone <laughs> so I think you just have to go out there luckily my parents my mom and has always been like if you have something just go for it my dad's a little bit like just be careful you know but I went out and I did it and it was great then I went to Barranquilla which is another city which is where my parents are from because I had a friend whose his dad was a Yankee scout and it just kind of like whoa you never think of scouting internationally I don't know. If you're not in it, you don't really know. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I started interviewing the coach and then I interviewed, he actually signed Jose Quintana, which is now a pitcher for the Cubs. Mm -hmm. He signed him to the Yankees because the other team let him go. So I got to interview him. This is back in Yeah, 2000. I didn't realize Quintana was on the Yankees. I had no idea. Yeah, for like his beginning. Mm -hmm. And he was let go for, well, I don't know if he drank a medicine or something of that sort. But then that, that's how he got picked up by the White Sox. And then... Now he's in the Cubs. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I actually got to interview Jose Quintana in his home because I'm like, oh, I'm doing an interview on your scout. He's like, of course, whatever you need. I interviewed his son and it was, that's how it kind of all started. And then this coach also, this scout is also a coach for little kids. And he was coaching little kids, you know, as I was with him with the park. And this little kids, kids in our countries are very um, outspoken. One little kid's like, who are you? I've never seen you. What is his camera? I'm like, whoa. So Pleasure. I'm like, oh, I'm doing to meet you. exactly. I'm like, oh, I'm doing a story on your coach. Can I interview you? He's like, he was a little like skeptical. And then mind you, he's like six, seven. And he, you know, you know how they move their hands and they look at you yeah. up and down. I'm like, look at this little kid. Okay. The next day I go back and he's like, yesterday it was three girls and now it's two. Where's the other one? I'm like, well, my cousin had to work but a good observation. Let me interview you. <laughs> so I didn't really interview him. He was just curious as to who, who a stranger is doing there. Like, well, who am I? And I'm like, oh, what do you think of your coach? And he told me, I love my coach. And I swear in that moment, I still get goosebumps because the little kid told me what he loved to do because of someone who took the time to teach him baseball. He never told me, oh, I need this. Give this to me. He just told me what he loved to do. And I'm like, wow, there's so many kids like him. In that moment, it all changed for me. I'm like, TV is not working now for four 
you know, between three to four years after college, nothing was working now. I wasn't, my heart wasn't in it. And then this, I don't know, it was like an instant connection, like love at first sight, you can say, or I felt that because through my passion, which is sports journalism, I found my purpose, which is to help little kids through him. And that's how Game Time Foundation came about. Like it would just, you know, I think sometimes when you're, you're a little lost, you don't know what to do, listen to the universe, do what you love to do, and it's going to show up and show you I'm here. <laughs> I love it. I love that a lot. Um, that is that is really cool. And I love the way you tell that story, too. Um, I think that's the most important part. Again, as you said, like it, it hit at one moment. You said, oh, my goodness. Now I know. Now this is no, I know what I'm going to do. And I totally agree with you. I, the universe is huge. It, it yeah. It's always telling you, you just all you have to do is listen, right? Exactly. Like get out of your own way and just listen to it. And you can go and do all these things. Um, mm-hmm. So no, I, I totally agree. This is my favorite thing I get to do. Universe told me that a while ago and I wasn't listening. And it's like, no, 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 keep doing it. Um, and now the more I do it, the better I get and the more I keep it enjoy it too, right? So it's it's exactly. so so much fun. So yeah, let's talk about Game Time Foundation a little bit. Uh, actually, do you remember that little kid's name? I believe it's Juan. He's already Juan. big. I have his mom on Facebook. No way. So, well, yeah, because this yeah. is 2014, 15 This was, the interview was, oh, ended up 2013. Okay. And then as soon as it came back, I came thinking a little kid, like December happened, New Year's. I'm like, no, I put on Google how to help people. Mm-hmm. And it came out, started on profit. I'm like, oh, I'm going to do this. And then I'm like, whoa, this is like starting a business. I needed money. I did a GoFundMe page. And then that's why I say the birthday is on January 28th, because that's the day I, I got um, the letter from Florida, the state of Florida, mm-hmm. like, you're incorporated. I'm like, it's official. Yay, <laughs> congratulations. So uh, then after that, I'm like, what do I do? Uh, how do I start this? <laughs> I went from TV, you know, wanting to make it on ESPN to a completely different thing. And as I was mentioning about the universe, I think it's a, a learning process. At the beginning, I read a lot of books. I followed a lot of nonprofits, a lot of founders, philanthropists. And I'm like, whoa, in one year, they made $200 million. I'm going to be there. In one year, I was negative $2,000. Uh, so I was like, how come they need it so much? And, but now that's it. It's his sixth year. I'm like, okay, it's been six years of putting a lot of work and effort and just putting a lot of my passion, my heart, my everything. And I'm like, it's a learning process, little by little. What I did yesterday, what I did a year ago, it's not where I am today. And it's crazy to think an idea that I had now have so many followers and believers, as I say. I'm like, wow. Sometimes you, I think you have to take a step back and be like, I did this because mm-hmm. you are your biggest critic. I'm like, I need to do this, this, and that. I'm like, wait a minute, I've done all this. I can honestly, honestly say, you know, God forbid, if I pass away tomorrow, I'll die a happy person because I, you know, in six years, been 2,500 or more kids that have, I've seen that I've given a smile to that they're like, someone's believed in me. You know, a lot of people I feel are in the routine of work, 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 house, car, this, and it's like, they're robotic. I'm like, there's more to life. You have to live and just, Nowadays, people don't even say good morning. You know, these little kids are in very small towns. They, a lot of them are very poor, but they're just happy to be playing a sport they love. They're happy a stranger goes. They look at me sometimes like an alien, like, um, say something in English. And I'm like, <laughs> hello. And they're like, oh, and they're like, oh, no, I'm going to say something else. So I'm like, okay. Um, hi, how are you? And they're like, no, no, understand. No, no. But they're just excited. A stranger came to see uh-huh. them. I've had coaches that are 60, 50 years old crying, like grown men. And they're like, I'm sorry for crying. I've just never had someone done this 
for me or for what I believe in too. Tell, tell us what it is exactly, if you don't mind, Game Time. Sure. Well, Game Time um, is a sports nonprofit that I collect equipment um, for kids in Colombia. So I started with baseball and softball, and now I added soccer and basketball the last couple of years. So throughout the whole year, I collect equipment and I take it for certain teams in certain areas of Northern Colombia. I have this, hold on, writing down because I sometimes I, I get so caught up in talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so in six years, it's been more than 2,500 children. Um, it's been more than 3,564 pounds of equipment that it has been recycled from Miami and have been taken to um, different towns. It's been about 32 different teams um, in six departments of Northern Colombia. So that's awesome. Travel that by plane. <laughs> Thank you. Travel by plane, by car, by bus. So yeah, that's just got to get it there. Just got to get it there. And I think it's, it's just so cool when, um, when Jonah put us in contact, um, Mm -hmm. he said, Hey, talk to Nicole. She's doing some pretty cool stuff. And then it took Nicole about a month to email me back because she forgot her (laughs) password, if I'm not mistaken, but she finally got to me and now we're here. And I think that's very important. Um, and I just think it's so cool kind of how, how, again, how you came up with this idea just that one time, like, I guess you obviously knew you wanted to help people. Right. And then you Google start a foundation but where did the idea to let me get recycled um sports equipment and bring it down to these kids in Colombia? where did that idea come from well i think how i say people who are are givers and doers i think you're always born with it because when i was little my parents always took us back home to Colombia, which now i appreciate it more and i tell them thank you for you know the biggest thing you did when my sister and i were younger was traveling and that opens your mind i think when you're home you think like all your home community school home that's all you know and that's you know, you're grateful for that, but you're like in a bubble. And when I would go when I was younger, seven, eight years old, my cousins didn't have what I had. My mom would take my clothes for my cousin to wear. And you're like, wait, you know, you start thinking, even if you're seven years old, we'll be out having food at a restaurant and a little kid will come up to you asking for food. So that was always in me. I'm like, wow, I can't believe back home I have this. So I think when you're young, it just makes you think like a worldwide perspective. So that's why I say I always knew I wanted to help. I didn't know how or when. And the universe was like, hello, here it is. So that's how I kind of was. And then I started with baseball because I love baseball. The little kid I interviewed was playing baseball. And I asked the coach, I'm like, what is it that you think you mostly need? He's like, we need baseball. We need the equipment to keep teaching these kids about baseball and to the next generation of kids who want to keep playing the sport. And I was like, okay, what can I do? And that's when the idea was like, let me start taking the equipment. And I've had a lot of, you know, um, not a, I don't want to say problems, but it's hard taking equipment from one country to the next. <laughs> so, you know, I'm like, maybe I should have been a lawyer, maybe a minor in, <laughs> in the international law. But I mean, it's been a process. And at the end of the day, I've learned that even if it's for a foundation or humanitarian, you still got to pay. So most of the money that I collect is to send everything over to Colombia. You know, it's, it's pretty expensive. So that's where I got the idea, you know, how can I help these kids start with the equipment? But again, I think it's like a domino effect because now I started with the equipment, little kids want to know about English. So I'm like, how can I, you know, add English to the component of baseball because they're interested in English because of baseball. Um, I also added um, health and nutrition. A lot of these kids you know, they play and they get a bag of chips. So I took them an apple and a lot of, some little kid was like, an apple is expensive, miss. I'm like, okay, get a pear, get a banana, get a 
the idea is to get a fruit after you play not a bag of chips you know you know if maybe if, if i talk to 200 and only to listen at least to listen but i've had even parents um at these donation events like can i have an apple you know apple is expensive so i haven't really eaten an apple in months and you're like what um, and then also I want to add like the health part because I've seen a lot of kids don't take care of their mouth just because they can't, you know, their teeth, sorry. So I've been trying to get toothbrushes and toothpaste. So maybe in the future I can do like a health clinic and talk to them about health because I tell them like, who wants to be a baseball player? And they all raise their hand. I'm like, okay, who knows English? And then none of them, they look around. I'm like, what are you going to do when you get to the United States and you don't know English? And they're like, Oh, I say hungry food. I'm like, ah, yeah, <laughs> but you can't, you can't say hungry food all the time because, because of my job, I've seen how a lot of these Colombian players who are now in the MLB, you know, some of them do know English, but some of them tell me I had times where I would eat Chipotle for three months. Cause all I knew was to get number one because I didn't know English. So that's kind of like also my job in a full circle telling these kids, whether it's football, baseball, or basketball, learn your English. If you want something more abroad and, whether you're a professional or a student um, athlete, English is the way to go. I'm like, who brushes their teeth? And then I'm, some of them are like, yes, no. I'm like, you need to brush your teeth. You need to be healthy and strong. You need to eat good if you want to be an athlete. It's not about making it pro. It's about being a better self for the sport and for the individual. So. And I think you're going about it in a great way because even as you said, like you're trying to teach them English through baseball. Mm -hmm. You're trying to teach them nutrition through baseball because if you're just trying to teach someone English, if you're just trying to teach them to eat an apple, exactly. but chips taste better, like that's, that's an easy one. Like exactly. cheddar jalapeno chips, get out of here. No apple can hold a torch <laughs> to that. So I think that, that you're, you're going about it in the right way, especially when speaking with kids, right? They, mm -hmm. they could not care less about nutrition. But if you tell them, well, if you want to be a baseball player, you have to eat a banana. That's the only way you're going to make it that is that's going to be the way that you connect with them so i think that exactly. that's you're going about it absolutely the right way and i again i, I love what you're doing i think it's Thank amazing you. mostly because baseball is my favorite too but also <laughs> because you're helping so many people in the world and little kids are so blunt sometimes i'll be talking and they roll their eyes i'm like mom he rolled his eyes She's like just keep going that's how they are <laughs> but i think kids are your biggest critic and after you know i usually do a little activity with them i talk to them what i'm going to do i tell them the donation is for the team so the coach can you know if there's certain cleats, the, the coach will know who comes every day. And I've had little kids like, I want my own glove. It's not fair. I'm like, you have to learn how to share. Like, no, I want my glove. I'm like, well, if you come every day, you can use the new glove. So then the, the coach is like, what did I tell you? And the little kid rolls his eyes. But, you know, it's about little things that you don't think about, but it's all in the details and it's about reminding them. So I tell them, I'm like, if you behave good, I'll come back in a year. And there's been a couple of teams that I've gone back four or five times since game time and I've seen little kids grow into teenagers and they tell me like I remember you gave me my first jersey or my first shirt or my first baseball cap and I'm like whoa I feel like their mom too <laughs> so That's yeah it's pretty awesome. cool and and I mean the the journalist in you I mean you have to be thinking of all these as stories right like have you gotten any of them down have you have you put pen to paper or, or have you lugged that tripod and video camera out there recently I don't. It's it's a lot. When I'm out there, I'm like full on mode, you know, game time. Um, I wish I could. I'm like, if I had help. But now I, I try to ask friends because when I go to these activities, I try to film. I try to do pictures. I try to do video. I'm like, I can't do everything at once. So I have my mom or my cousin or I'm trying to get friends who are out there who are videographers to help me out. Because I think in that moment, it's, it's when it's the craziest, but it's the best two hours because it shows exactly what I'm doing with game time. 
But I do have a story with Colombiano Samobi. I was a journalist yes. for three years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did want, I, and I apologize. I did want to get to that no because you, you brought up a great point. Um, before you said you know all of these yeah. MLB players from Colombia, and and yeah, mm-hmm. I did, I'm pretty sure I said it at some point. Maybe I don't remember, but um, yeah. Tell tell us a little bit about what you've been doing there. As you you know you, you need to make money too, right? Because running a nonprofit is uh, right now it's never really the greatest way to exactly. make a million dollars. So hopefully you <laughs> yeah. got some other stuff going too, right? But with Colombianos and I still didn't get paid. So oh well, exactly. Uh, so I have like, right? I have my my side work, you know, so I can pay my bills to keep on working my passion projects. But with them, um, I actually finished with them in October 2019. But I was with them for three and a half years, almost four. Um, again, a guy approached me through the video I did of the Yankee Scout. He's like, "Hey, I have this idea. I don't know you. We have a lot of friends in common on Facebook." Um, would you like to be part of it? And it was a Colombiano Samobi is a social media page on Instagram and Facebook that just gives out news about Colombian MLB players. Before that, it wasn't, there was really nothing. And in a year, we grew from like one follower to like 20,000. And the following year was the World Baseball Classic. And we started growing. And right now I'm not with them anymore. But combined with Facebook and Instagram, they have about 100,000 followers. So that was great for me to get to know these players too. They saw my video of the Yankee Scout. And little by little, a lot of them now are, you know, in the Marlins, we have right now two players. Um, we have Gio Urshela and the Yankees. We have Jose Quintana with the Cubs, Julio Teran with the Braves. And a lot of people are like, oh, you, they're like your friends. I'm like, I just feel like I saw them in, you know, in the minor leagues and now they're pro. I think that's a good um, a point to make. If you want to make it, it's good to, start off with these players when they're in the minors because when they go pro they'll they'll remember oh they'll give you the two minutes instead of giving it to a guy that has their microphone up their nose because they'll remember you're like oh she took the time to do it back then so that's why a lot of these players now I mean I don't want to say like family but they're really some of them even know my mom and it's just like a a familiar thing because we know each other and I've seen them grow and then I've been to their games before so, like, today was pretty cool. I watched on Fox Sports Florida. It was the Yankees versus the Marlins for spring training. Spring training. And it was Jaro Ramirez with the Marlins, Alfaro with the Marlins, and Gio Urshela with the Yankees. So, I'm like, this is so cool, the three Colombians playing. And I know all of them. So, it was pretty yeah. interesting. <laughs> that, is, that is cool. I just think it's such a, it's such a great project, um, you know, working with the athletes, and especially coming from – the, the the angle you're coming from to really highlight the Colombian players in baseball because everybody knows the Dominican players, right? Or like how many there are, there's a significant right. amount, but you never really realize that there's not quite as many from Colombia. And, you know, hopefully with your help through game time, yeah. some of these athletes are getting their stuff, you know, their equipment a little bit earlier. So that way they can make it to the, uh, you know, they're eating properly and exercising and doing all these things, learning right. English so that they can get to where they need to. So we do appreciate that. But I think it was, it's, you know, I definitely wanted to bring that up. So I appreciate you doing it. And I, I think it's such a cool project. And um, I mean, again, it, you always, I, I have to assume doing, you know, you still do uh, stuff with La Vida Baseball, right? So it's, yes. you know, you still love being in front of a camera. It's still enjoyable to you. And again, yeah. you, you get to connect all of these passions. So you get to be in front of a camera, you get to talk mm-hmm. about baseball and get to talk about people with people from your home country or from your, you know, your, your parents, were you born there? I apologize. No, I was born no. here. Okay, cool. So from your, your parents' home country, yeah. but you know, I mean, my parents weren't born in Italy, but my grandparents were, so it's good enough. I always say that, exactly. but um, <laughs> you know, it's just one of those things where I think it is really interesting and through uh, Colombianos MLB, right? That was when you had the opportunity to actually go and, and represent them at the mm-hmm. world baseball classic, right? 
correct. And that was that awesome cool. too. The first time Columbia goes to the World Baseball Classic, I was there as a journalist. There was only about maybe six Colombian journalists. A lot of them came out and I was the only like local one. Um, I was also the only woman. So, you know, without thinking about, you know, I just follow what I love to do with game time. I also think like the timing, like I started game time, then Colombianos will be, and then it grew and now I have Levita Baseball and so many things. When I go to Colombia for winter ball, people recognize me. I'm like, what? Like you're the journalist from Colombianos will be or Levita Baseball. And that I've had girls now that look up to me that want to make it in sports journalism in Colombia in baseball. So I'm like, what? I'm a mentor. So I think it's pretty cool when you love what you do and other people see how good you are. Because a lot of them tell me, they're like, we just see that you're very passionate and you do it so easy. I think I'm like, when you love something and you do it, it's just easy. You don't have to force, you know, the, the question or the interview. Mm -hmm. That's something too that I think you have. Um, I think it's something, a key attribute to have is learning how to interview someone and making them comfortable. It's not like having 10 questions. What did you do? Where were you born? What are you, you going to do next? What, what advice do you have? I'm like, it's about making them comfortable. When I got to interview um, Jorge Alfaro and Harold Ramirez for the La Vida Baseball, um, they were like, oh, let's have these Colombian players. Let's pretty much see how you interview. And I just talked to them. It was like, pretend this is not here. Talk to me. I, we've talked forever, but this is, you know. And I've even had the camera guy and the producer were like, wow, we haven't had really a player open up the way they both did to you. Um, but I'm like, it's because I know where they're from. I know where they've been through. Um, so you know what to ask and they feel comfortable. Like when I thought, I'm like, how does it feel your hometown? And he just smiled like, oh, my hometown means the best because this, this, this and that. Um, the other player asked him, what does it mean? He's like, my mom used to play baseball. No one's like, oh, no one knew his mom played baseball. You know, it's little things like that. I think if the person you're interviewing feels comfortable, they're going to do it. And then again, how it all ties in. Um, through Colombianos will be two years ago I interviewed you know a player during my first Instagram live I was freaking out congratulations <laughs> thank you and the player is Luis Patino he's now um, one of the top prospects in pitching nationwide he's with the San Diego Padres um, but I was interviewing I'm like oh how do you feel about this 2019 season etc and he's like you don't remember me and I'm like uh no He's like, you came to my team um, in 2015 and you gave a donation. I'm like, what? He's like, you were there. And I remember telling to my, you know, myself, oh, she's going to interview me one day. She's a reporter and watch. And then I'm, and I'm like this in the live, like stunned. I'm like, why are you telling me this right now? Now I forgot yeah, everything right? I was going to ask you. He's like, yeah. because I, got, I look up to you and now you're interviewing me. And I'm like, and now you're a top prospect. Like what? That's so so cool. it's crazy how, again, how it all has an impact about believing and giving your time. What it's helped people through game time or even as a journalist, even what you're doing yourself. I think time is the most valuable thing you can give someone. You can give to someone. Mm -hmm. So whether it's listening to them, giving them advice, and I'm like, with game time, besides everything I give them, it's the time. A lot of these kids don't have, their parents don't even give them the time of the day. So you just you sitting down and listening to them and telling them what to do or what not to do. Or you like you telling me you got this, I'm like, oh, now I feel more. Tomorrow I'm just going to keep working because. Rock and roll. Exactly. So I think it's very powerful, the timing that you give to other people. Absolutely. And I'm sure those stories, when you when athletes tell you that and every year you go back that re-energizes you too right because the daily grind and what you do and how you do it and just to get there 
is so difficult. But then you get there and you see the look on their faces and you get to talk to athletes. I apologize. I can't say the gentleman's name, the the, the pitcher from the Padres. Um, <laughs> you know, you, you get to that point and that's what makes it all worth it. You know, that first year of losing $2,000 is completely worth it because you, you changed so many people's lives and I think it's incredible. Um, so in, in 2015, you donated equipment to this gentleman's uh, baseball team? Yeah. I mean, I didn't know he was there because there were so many kids and, and they all get excited and they're screaming mm. and they're running and, and he was one of them. And I was like, what? Like, and how, how old is he now? Or how old was he, is he now when you did the interview, whenever, like so? This was last year. I, I don't want to say, I don't know if he's 19 or 20. I don't know exactly. But I mean, he was probably back then 14. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, and when was the first year you went over? 2015. I incorporated everything in 2014. But that year was the grind and bustle, mm-hmm. you know, incorporating. Yeah. I also registered in Colombia, going to take pictures and video because it's, it's so important how I think also it's like reroute. Mm-hmm. Because I'm a journalist, it helped me um, grow game time because I knew social media. I do exactly. the website, pictures and video. And so that first year was just like trying to get it together. And then on January 2015, I did um, a couple of different donations and his team was one of the first ones. That's so cool. Yeah. Look at that. I mean, like, again, like that is just <laughs> such a cool story and a cool connection, like literally one of the first ones. Um, yeah. Now, we obviously don't know exactly how much you impacted his life, but clearly to him, you impacted him a lot. Um, yeah. And I think that's extremely important, right? Like, what if he didn't get the glove? What if he didn't, you know, what if, what if you were the reason why he started to come every day to make sure that he yeah. got the glove that he yeah. wanted to use, right? Like, <laughs> I think that that's so cool. And, you know, you really can't, you know, you really don't know um, until someone comes out and, and just says it. And I, I'm, I'm really happy, honestly, he did it on Instagram Live. So you didn't have, yeah. you didn't even have the chance to like be ready or anything. I think <laughs> no. that's kind of clever on his part. I really like that he was like, come on, you really don't even remember me? Like, exactly. No, I was, was like, a little different five years later. Right? <laughs> yeah. But it was pretty cool just to see how, again, it all comes together. And I didn't expect it. And I told him during the live, I'm like, um, I'm really surprised that I, I did the interview and, and everyone was like liking it. But I'm like, thank you for telling me this because it's moments like that that help you keep going forward. Because like I tell everyone, you're there and you see the pictures and the glory. But I have out of the year, there's maybe like 10 months that I want to give up. Because again, I work two to three part-time jobs to try to get my bills. And then I still have to pay game time. And sometimes I get to send the equipment over. I'm like, how do I send this money? Like, how do I get the money to send all the equipment over? And then again, the universe, like that's how last year, um, the Yankee player, Gio Shella, um, I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to go this year. Out of the blue, he calls me. I'm like, okay, hello. He's like, hey, how are you? How's it going? How's the family? He's like, I don't know if you heard, but I'm player of the month. I'm like, yeah, I know. Congrats. He's like, so I get to choose a charity and give a thousand dollars to, and I chose yours. And I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, are you there? I'm like, um, um, I'm crying, but I'm here. <laughs> And he's like, yeah, so just send over like your, your information and they're going to give you the money. And because of him, I was able to send about 20 boxes this past October. So that's amazing. It was pretty cool. And then that, yeah, it was just like, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to give up university. I got this. (laughs) Just keep going. Cause you never know when it's going to hit too. Right. You just never know. Like you need, you need a couple, I'm not going to call them miracles, but you need a couple little little nudges like that it's like no keep going like here you go here we'll throw your bone but you have to keep working you have to keep exactly. doing it you'll get there uh throw your bone here and there you have stories like with that 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 picture remind you mm-hmm. you have opportunities where 
Gio Urshela is able to give you, you know, help, help donate a thousand dollars. You're like, all right, I'll keep going. I'll keep going. And one of these days it's going to absolutely just, just completely explode. Uh, and I'm glad, I'm glad I got to be in not quite the ground floor because you laid the groundwork six years ago. Um, but, you know, I'm glad I got to you before you became super, super famous. I think that part's <laughs> kind of fun because um, pretty soon it'll be pretty difficult to get you on one of these things. Because, again, time is very important. So I appreciate you giving me some of yours. So I guess with that in mind, like, how do you raise all the funds? Like, Gio Urshela happened once, right? Like, if right. it happened every day, heck yeah, there's so much more you could do. But what do you do now? You know, as you said, you have part-time jobs to pay your bills. What do you do to raise money for Game Time Foundation? Well, for Game Time right now, I have like a GoFundMe page. I also have um, independent, like I call them independent um, donors. Who There's a guy who always donates at least $50 a year. Um, people, people like that. I mean, it's really rare. So I'm like, even if I get $20, I'm like, I got $20. Um, but like I mentioned, it's a learning process. So, you know, I need money. When I go to Colombia, I need the money for shipment. I need the money once I get to the... I get to Barranquilla, which is the main city. How do I drive out to these small towns, which are an hour, two hours, even five hours out? So I need money for that. I need money for so many things. And then back here, I need to pay taxes. I need to up and running the website. I need to maintain this. I need to maintain that. I'm like, it's so much, it's like a business. That's why I'm like, it's a learning process that I'm like, okay, this is, I have to treat it like a business because it needs a good backbone in order to keep growing. If I want to keep helping other kids in Colombia or in other countries, I need to have a strong backbone. So it's hard with the funds because I still don't have any ideas. Right now, I got an idea for a t-shirt, trying to sell it and get funds. I'm trying to get an idea for a baseball cap, trying to see how I can also make funds, have money that will help game time and also help me because with these jobs, it's really hard. Sometimes I work five hours a week. Sometimes I work 50 hours a week. Sometimes I work 80 hours a week. So some days I'm like, don't talk to me. I I can't. But I'm like, it's okay, it's been six years. I need to find new ways to to grow and be more financially stable personally and with game time because I found out that I can't run on dry. And then for my personal things and then also for game time, I've kind of learned that the hard way. I'm like, if there's no Nicole, there's no game time. So I've learned that financial stability is a big concern for me. So now it's just figuring out how I have that stability mm-hmm. for game time. Absolutely. No, and I think t-shirts are great ideas baseball caps are great ideas yeah. and you know hopefully hopefully just a couple people that listen go out and donate exactly. 20 bucks i know i'm gonna ask you in a in a few minutes after we're finished and and i, I can easily go donate go donate 20 dollars. that's not too difficult awesome. so um so i appreciate that and then i guess what so you've you've spoken with a lot of these baseball players and it seems like mm-hmm. especially the ones in miami like i'm assuming you know obviously geo as you said knows a lot about the foundation and enough to want to help you what have you done on that side to just try and I don't know, create partnerships with them or just try and, you know, have them help you. Because again, especially again, the gentleman from San Diego Padres, like that's mm-hmm. perfect. You know, when he's going to make it to the major leagues because the San Diego, the San Diego Padres <laughs> farm system for anybody that doesn't know is, is insane. Um, so like, what are you trying to do now to kind of lay the groundwork with some of these players to almost have like ambassadorship or anything? I don't, I don't know. Like, what, have you thought about this stuff or executed on anything like that? I have, I even have a shirt called games. I'm ambassador. Cause I'm like, okay, let me start getting these players. With Gio, I'm like, let me have a separate shirt for him, which is like the VIP ambassador game time shirt. You know, there's going to be the VIP, which are the players, and just like the regular ambassador who would have a volunteer shirt. So with these players, a lot of them know me, like I told you, they're like, like acquaintances and friends. And then some of them are like, but how do I do it? So I'm like, I need to learn, I guess, how do I approach their agents? Because they're the ones that work their money. 
how helping me will help them. You know, I know it at the end of the day, I've learned nonprofit. It's you help me. I help you. It's about a 50, 50. Cause unfortunately not a lot of people are like me that give their heart just to give their heart and expect nothing in return. But a lot of people are like, okay, I help you, but what do I get in it? So at least they're very honest. They're like, I have no idea how that works. So I'm trying to see how I can approach agents. I'll take my next step. So if there's any agent out there that can help a girl out, <laughs> um, to see how I get players Colombian or not Colombian, if they want to help with whether it's baseball, even um, I'm like, let me try to reach out to soccer players. Now with Miami, there's a new soccer team mm -hmm, mm -hmm. enter Miami. So let's see, maybe, you know, just trying to get my face out there and that I'm doing this with the heart, but I also need the money to keep it going. Um, so hopefully these players and I can talk to their agents, something can happen. I've also had other players um, Colombian and not Colombian that are like, Oh, I have my foundation already. And I'm like, but you know, the more you help the merrier <laughs> and what you do is not what I do. And they know me. I've even had one of them like, how's it going? I'm like, you know, you could throw in a little, even if it's a hundred bucks to help out, but I know he has his own nonprofit. So not a lot of them are like that. So it's okay. I understand, but I'm just trying to make it mm -hmm. there. Um, mm -hmm. This past December, I was able to, um, Jorge Alfaro, which is from the Marlins. I met his dad over here and he's like, hopefully you come to my hometown. I didn't know if I was going to be able to. I ended up going to his hometown and Jorge Alfaro and his family went to the, like four donation events. And he was like, you know, it was three years of intensity, but he was even like, I don't know how you do this. Like now I see your passion because he got to see his little kids. Some little kids were crying. His coach was crying. Like there was a coach. like, I was his coach when he was 12. And now he's here with you bringing me things that he's like, I'm so overwhelmed. The poor guy was crying because one thing is to have a major league baseball player in his park and then have a donation. So that was good to see, you know, for me to experience to, I'm like, okay, what I'm doing is good. And uh, and will be players seeing it because one thing is to give the money. And one thing is to actually be there. Um, like Gio couldn't be there, but he sent his brother and his brother till this day, he sent me a message. I'm like, I don't know how you do it. Like just being there with those kids for two hours was the best two hours I had in a long mm -hmm. time because these little kids are just grateful that you're, they're like a brand new ball, a brand new bat. Um, there was a, uh, a team where Jorge's hometown is and their balls were just really, really bad. Like they didn't mm -hmm. even have the, like the baseball coding and I took them like 15, <clears throat> sorry. And they were excited that they've never seen a new baseball. And George was just like, Whoa, like in that moment, I think we all froze and little kids like a brand new baseball. I'm like, oh my gosh, like you don't even think about that, but that means a lot to them. So I think now with these videos and pictures that I had on these MLB players supporting me, hopefully I'll get more players to help and, mm -hmm. and donate their time. And I think just believing I do need the money, but having a player, Columbia or not, believe in what I'm doing, you know, and taking baseball further and for the future of baseball will mean a lot to keep it going. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, of course, any dollar, it seems like would help, you know, 20, 50, mm -hmm. 100, 1000, whatever it is. Um, but you know, as you said, just having people that that believe in you, and especially Colombian baseball players, I think that would be like just such a huge, huge opportunity, mm -hmm. just to, you know, get in front of their audience, because baseball fans, baseball fans love baseball, I don't care where it's being played. It's the same game everywhere, right? Yeah. It's the same game everywhere. And, and we all want kids to play baseball, because the more kids that play baseball, the more baseball gets played, right? And that, I think, right. is the most important part because that's why I love the sport. I think it's mm -hmm. it's hands down my favorite sport. I mean, I probably watch more baseball because there's more games. I mean, I watch a lot of football, right? Just give me an entire Sunday. But there's, some, there's something <laughs> about baseball. In the summertime, 
hanging out, drinking a beer, just sitting down, just relaxing. There's something about it and I love it. And, you know, I want everybody to have that feeling. And, you know, I think the more people that play, I think the, the better. So I'm, I'm very impressed again with kind of what you do and, and even bringing the, the MLB players there, I think, you know, Jorge Alfaro, as you said, that's gotta be so cool. And, you know, just him to like see it and feel it. And especially going like that story you told, I mean, that's incredible. That is moving. Like as a journalist, like, man, like, Oh gosh. Like I hope all of that is documented and all of that is shared just every single day, because especially like something like that is just, it's going to move people. And, you know, hopefully that's, that's what you need. The more people to make donations, equipment, of course, I'm sure you could always use more of that because that never hurts, but money, you got to send it over somehow. Right. So I think that that's very important. Um, So what, what can, what can we do to help? Like what else can we do? I think um, follow on social media, just get the word out what we're doing. Um, it's bigger than sports. I had a lady's like, what if I don't like helping sports? I'm like, okay, but this is about impacting and inspiring children through sports. Um, maybe if you don't like sports and think about the health aspects, think about the English aspects. So that's why I'm trying to tie everything in. And the most important thing I've learned these six years and everything I take is things that are donated. A lot of them are, are used for it in great condition. They come from baseball teams, from soccer teams, um, they already know me here in Miami, Nicole, can I take three boxes? Can I have two boxes? Or parents who have given me three bags because their kids don't use their cleats anymore. I'm like, this is one person and they gave me like 40 cleats. Imagine if you night. And then when I show them the pictures or they follow on Instagram, they get excited like, oh, that's my son's cleat. I'm like, there you go. It's, it's I'm a kid who's actually, his first cleat is your kid's cleat. So what I, ch- what I try to tell people or kids is like, you're also, you're giving this to me, but you're helping a kid. Like, I think this is all about how we can all together help others. You know, it's bigger than ourselves is what I tell people. Yeah, I'm helping, but it's bigger than yourself. Through this process too, I've learned that this has changed me not only personally, but professionally about knowing what you really want in life and just about sports and everything, how it unites. I've traveled a lot. And when you go to Europe, you might not, I went to Germany. I did not understand German. Um, but you see all these soccer stadiums and they get full and people are just excited to be there. They don't know the language. They don't know again about politics or religions, but they're there to watch a game. And I think that's the important part of how we can all unite. And if you can help any other nonprofit too, a lot of people tell me like, Oh, what you do is so nice. Even with that tone of voice, I'm like, this is not nice. This is a lot of work. <laughs> this is passion. This is tears. This is days of not giving up. My friends are getting married and I'm still figuring it out because when I go on dates and I tell people or I tell a guy, I'm like, oh, this is what I'm doing. And they're like, oh, that's cool. I'm like, this is not cool. This is, you know, hard work. I want a man who can support me and be like, you know what? That's my girl. Let me help you. You Love know, it. I think it ties into, you know, it's what I want in life too. I want a partner who's going to help me grow this. And so that's why I think it's changed me personally as well. Like, I know what I want. Don't tell me this is nice. Just like baseball, when I go on a date too, and the guy is like, what do you like to do for fun? I'm like, oh, I go to a Marlins game. And then the guy goes, Marlins suck. And I'm already like, okay, let me just let it go. And then he goes, but baseball is boring. I'm like, eh. I'm like, oh, great. He's like, I'll call you for the second day. I'm like, yeah, sure. Definitely. Yeah, do that. I do love that. baseball. Don't tell me. I mean, it's okay. I'll, I'll respect it if you don't like it. But don't tell me it's boring. Because exactly. then what if I'm going out with the guy and I want to go to watch the game? He's going to tell me no. So better to His be loss. to be in that company. He doesn't get to hang out with you or go watch a baseball game. That exactly. sounds like two losses to me. So no, that's awesome. Exactly. Nicole. But thank you so much for all this. Um, and just a couple, couple last points 
um, I wanted to, I have some accolades written down here. I have okay. Los 22 or 22 Mas, probably Correct. should say it in Spanish. My apologies. <laughs> uh, Queen of Carnival. Yes. Queen of the Carnival. I can't say that one. Barranquilla. 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 All right. Um, honoree number 6400 by the mm-hmm. Daily Point of Life. Light? Correct. Mm-hmm. What are what are each of these and what did you win them for? Okay, or what did the, you earn them for? Sorry. The Queen of Carnival. My parents are from Barranquilla, um, Colombia, which is where Shakira's from and Sofia Vergara's from. You see, that's the face everyone like, yep. ooh, you're from I know where Shakira's from. I'm like, yes, our hips do not lie in Colombia. <laughs> so they have a carnival that's similar to the Brazil. Of course, it's smaller, but it's been going on for years. So it's uh, four days of parade of different you know, culture, dances, music, concerts, and it's very traditional. And when, since we were little, my mom always put the music in the house and learning how to dance the cumbia, learning how to dance this. And they actually have it here in Miami. And in 2014, I went to enter my sister to be queen and they actually got me. There was this big, um, like four other girls and I actually wanted, I was like, what? So for a year I was carnival queen of Barranquilla in Miami. So it was pretty cool to actually be in Colombia, be on a float, be in Carnival. That's so cool. It was pretty cool. For my mom, she was, you know, being a queen of over there is like, oh, so she was like, that's my daughter and my dad too. Until this day, like the other day, Facebook reminded me, six years ago, you were a queen. I'm like, wow, six years ago, I was queen. Love it. Adjust your crown for me. Just make sure that's still on, right? (laughs) Right. Just checking if the crown is there, which that actually helped me too with game time because I started game time January 2014. I won in March 2014, and then I went to do a lot of um, local radio and TV mm-hmm. media, and oh, then yeah. they're like, oh, what do you do, journalist, or are you just a pretty queen? I'm like, actually, I have this foundation. They're like, oh, wow, you started this before a queen. I'm like, yes, I can dance, I can talk, and I have a nonprofit, so. <laughs> check, check, and mate. Exactly. Oh, that is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, that must have been that must have been perfect. I mean, you were going to yeah. get all the, the media coverage again. That's the universe, right? Like you started sure. it and the universe was like, all right, cool. Exactly. We'll, we'll start you off on the right foot. Here you go. Here's here's yeah. a lecture press. So that's yeah. pretty cool. And then that what about awesome. these other ones as well? Um, Los 22 Mas. Um, 22. It was right. actually given out in 2017. The Colombian embassy in Washington, D.C. was looking for 22 Colombians in the U.S. who were putting the name of Colombia of you know, putting the name out there. Mm-hmm. So it was like a contest. I actually told a lot of people to, you know, my mom, my cousin, my friends to sign me up with game time, just thinking about, oh, this would be good for game time. Again, I get a call from like a random number and I'm like, should I pick up? Do I? And I call. And they're like, hi, Nicole, this is so-and-so, the director of so-and-so. And just to tell you, you're one of the 22 finalists. I'm like, come again? Yes. Um, can you come to the Washington, D.C. Uh, embassy in two weeks? I'm like, mm-hmm. And I hang up and my mom is like, what happened? I'm like, I'm, I'm 122. I'm going to the Columbia Embassy in Washington, D.C. She's like, what? Of course, she went crazy. I was still a little skeptical and I got an email the next day. I'm like, wow, it is true. You know, when yeah, you check your phone right. and I'm yep. like, no way. And then that was actually even more like I was sitting there and I was speechless because I was there with a lady who works for NASA. I was there next to a surgeon. I was there next to, you know, all these people who are professionally, you know, they've worked hard all their lives to get to where they are, a neurologist. She works for the NASA, like a fashion designer, like, and they're all getting this award. And then it's me. I'm like, what? And back then I was 20 something. So for me, it was awesome to receive that award from, 
my parents' home country for what I'm doing in their home country. So it was great. You know, I still don't believe it. I still look at the award. I'm like, wow, I was actually there. And there was a lot of, you know, legit people there <laughs> who were giving me an award <laughs> for what I was doing. I was like, what? And actually, a baseball player, Jose Quintana, was one of the other. No um, yeah. Very cool. One of the sports, that? you know, I guess we reported in sports and mm-hmm. he, he won it for his outstanding performance that year in baseball. So. Well, don't cool. worry. I think you're doing some legit stuff too. So don't, <laughs> don't worry about that. And then honorary number 6,400. Yes. That's from the daily point of light. That's in Atlanta, Georgia. Again, I think I signed up for something and I got an email like, Hey, Nicole, you've been nominated for this award. I'm like, what, what is this? And I checked out and it's about people in the U S who give back like volunteer hours. And it was pretty cool. I got like a, a letter and you're appointing 6,400. And it was pretty cool. That was exciting because I'm like, wow, I'm part of something now in my home, you know, mm-hmm. in the U.S. I'm part of something in the U.S. nationwide for doing all the work that I've done. And it was done by a past president. I do not want to see the name because I forgot right now. But it was pretty cool because he actually signed it in the bottom. He actually passed away at, a year ago. So it was pretty cool to get the award. And then I'm like, oh, he passed away, but he signed it because he actually started that. Oh, wow. Yeah. He started that when he was in the presidency. I owe you his name. And I'm so sorry, I forgot. But he started that in the presidency. And that's why there's 6,400. And now there's probably 9,000. Like Every day, I guess you choose someone in the US who's giving back. Mm-hmm. So it was pretty cool. I'm like, I got a letter from an ex-president. Like, I know it's not his, he actually signed it, but it's still his, you know, it's his signature, signature, right? Like, that's Correct. pretty cool. So it's been cool to be honored. And again, things from the universe that push you when you feel a little down, you get that little nudge, like, here you go, Nicole. I think that's why God, the universe is like, keep going, keep going. Like now with money, I'm like, Ugh, I don't like to ask for money, but it's about, you know, aiming for something bigger than myself. And you do, you do need money to continue on. So hopefully this project of the shirts, um, I have another project in mind. Hopefully that can help me you know, keep growing and helping other kids, whether it's Colombia or abroad or even the U S I'm like, how can I help kids here that already have everything, but I'm sure there's another way I can impact through game time, whether that it's not through equipment. So just want to keep growing and following my heart. (laughs) I love it. I love it, Nicole. This was absolutely fantastic. Nicole Fernandez, founder of game time foundation, sports journalist, doing a lot of stuff, helping a lot of people. And, um, yeah, I, I sincerely appreciate your time today. As we said, it's the only thing you don't get more of. So this was absolutely wonderful. I really appreciate it. Thank you for explaining everything and what you do and the passion that came through your voice. I think that's the most important part uh, that people can hear and feel through this show. So thank you, Nicole. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode with Nicole Fernandez. As I said, she was so fantastic. Obviously, she's been on camera once or twice, so it was very fun and easy to talk to her about what she does and how she does it, so I'm very grateful. Make sure to follow everything of hers. I have some of the YouTube clips that we mentioned in the show in the show notes, so check those out. There is a donation link as well. I have given money because I think what she's doing is incredible, and it's 20 bucks, not that much money. So really do appreciate her, appreciate her coming on and sharing her story, and I appreciate you for listening. Time is the only thing we don't get more of, so I appreciate you giving me some of yours, and I hope you make it a wonderful rest of your day.